So good morning and welcome to another week on The Business Show here on Steel FM and a wonderful programme in store for all the listeners this morning. First up, we've got Malcolm Davidson. Malcolm owns UKMoneyMan.com and I'm really interested in this one because once I heard that Malcolm wanted to come on the radio, I thought, I know Scunthorpe Money Man. Is it anything to do with Scunthorpe Money Man? And we're about to find that out. So Malcolm Davidson, welcome to Steel FM. Morning, John. Thank you for having me on. It's great to have you here, Malcolm. And obviously, we've been speaking off air, and I now know, of course, that Scunthorpe Money Man is a precursor to, to UK Money Man. But let's go back to the beginning. And you started uh, doing what you did in 2009. So could you just tell all the listeners, you know, what does UK Money Man do and what brought it into existence? Yeah, so um, like a lot of businesses, John, we were, were formed out of adversity. So um, I'm over 20 years as a mortgage broker. And um, and then our previous business went by the wayside as part of the of the credit crunch, and we had a, we had a sort of decision to make in two thousand nine, what to do next, um, and we just had a baby, my wife Amy and I, so we um, so we decided to to start again, but this time keep it very nice and small, converted our garage into an office, and the idea was just to service people with mortgage advice um, in the uh, in the local area. Um, and that's what and that's what we did. So we we, we built a little website, um, got some business cards printed. We didn't have any customers whatsoever, and um, and we and we got going. We'd had a rough time, to be honest, um, through the through the credit crunch. We'd gone over a year with no income at all, and um, and we remortgaged our house just so we had some funds to live on whilst we uh, we got the business up and running. Um, and also waiting for the market to to recover because it was taking longer than we expected. It, it, I mean, thank you for that, uh, Malcolm. It's remarkable when we look back, and obviously we work with lots of businesses, and the, the amount that are actually started or, or grown out of adversity is, is much higher than people would think. And also converting your garage into an office or one of the rooms in the house into an office, again, is, is not unusual. So you've trodden a path that's been well-trodden, uh, and yet here we are, uh, 12 years later, you're still in existence. Uh, so I think you started, originally, you started in Hull with Hull Money Man Malcolm. Was, is, that, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So we, so we built this website. Oh, my wife did, Amy, not quite knowing how to build a website. So we started off, um, we started off there. And any um, inquiries that we generated off that, that website, uh, I would get in the motor car and drive and see those customers um, in, in Hull. And she learned these skills of how to um, grow the website sort of through the, the rankings on the, on the search engines. Um, but of course, we, it, it's, it's, a very, it's a very slow burn. We didn't have any marketing budget really to, to spend on, um, on adverts or anything. Um, so what we did, we built a second website, um, but we didn't really want to go much further than, than I wanted to, to drive. We didn't you know, want to go down to London or something. So we just decided to, to keep it uh, local. So we, we started to build um, other websites uh, along the same lines of, as Hull Money Man. So we did, as you said, Scunthorpe Money Man, Grimsby Money Man, as far as Lincoln. And then gradually um, over the years, um, we, we, we did some more. Uh, but anyone that, will, that uh, knew me at that time uh, will tell you that the um, last thing uh, Malcolm was ever going to do was grow another business. He was going to be quite happy um, being at home with his, with his wife and his two kids uh, and generating income, keeping his expenses low. So we're, uh, again, probably in line with other people that you've interviewed on the show. 
um, it's a little bit of an accident that we've ended up where we are today. The, 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 and it's really interesting. You, you look at what we do to start businesses, and like many people before you, that you do whatever it takes. And in the early days when we have very little money, we do whatever we can to get ourselves out there in front of people. Uh, I think it's fascinating, stroke incredible, that uh, your wife, and I know your wife's called Amy, that Amy would build a website from scratch with two children under two on her knee and having to learn the skill set to make that happen. But it's what we do with small business owners. Well, if you, if you met her, you would never underestimate her. She's absolutely phenomenal. And going on from there, of course, which was 2009, and you start to build up. And I understand that um, in the early days, you would make appointments where you could drive out and see people and use your skill set. And Hull Money Man became Scunthorpe Money Man. It became Grimsby Money Man and Lincoln Money Man because these were still places that you could drive to. Uh, but I guess probably the biggest significant change in your second, I'm, 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 the one thing we must say as well, of course, Malcolm, is that everything you do at UK Money Man is mortgage related. There are lots of financial products out there, but your skill and expertise has been the last quarter of a century doing nothing other than mortgages, of course. That really does make me sound old now, John. No, that's- <laughs> clearly not the intention Malcolm clearly not the intention but you look at that, that amount of knowledge and expertise and it's always been in mortgages it just sets you apart from other people in this industry well that's what people are buying into at, at the end of the day um, and, and you only get that experience um, over the, over time and, um, and gradually as you're five years, ten years into a job, no one really expects to end up in financial services, Johnny don't leave school uh, dreaming of being a mortgage advisor no one does so everyone who works in my industry lapses into it some, um, somehow uh, but I suppose the difference uh, with me was once I'd ended up doing this this job I wanted to be the best at it and I made it my business to know everything about the subjects kind of in, inside out um, and then you'd like to think that that knowledge kind of radiates out when customers are speaking to you because as the years progress, you're dealing with situations that you've dealt with time and time again. And that gives people some confidence. Not that we can help every customer that we speak to, but at least um, I'm familiar with the types of situations. If we can't help now, it's putting people on that track to improve the credit score of how to help them save towards that deposit that will help them buy a property in the future. The, uh, yeah, completely understand that. And for all the listeners here this morning on Steel FM, I think I think the one thing we should definitely cover off, Malcolm, is 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 why would I go to a broker instead of a bank? Where traditionally in years past, you know, you'd always go to your bank first. But I think in two thousand and fourteen, and I'll let you tell all the listeners around the change in regulations. But following the the credit crunch of two, late two thousand and eight and into two thousand and nine, it took them a while to reflect and learn on that. But a, a massive change in two thousand and fourteen. You want to share that with all the all the listeners this morning, Malcolm? Yeah, so the, the regulator wanted to look into what went so disastrously wrong with the mortgage market um, in, the, in the States and in the UK during that time. So it took them a few years to carry out what they call the mortgage market review. And there are several things that they found. One of the things that they did, and the thing that was pivotal um, to, to Amy and I was, uh, they banned what's called non-advised sales. So prior to 2014, you could take advice from someone like myself, a mortgage broker who would shop around the market and get you the best deal, or take advice from someone in a bank. But also, there's an alternative route in the banks only where you could do a non-advised sale. So go into the branch, speak to someone in the branch, but they weren't necessarily an advisor. And it was confusing for the consumers to whether or not they had advice. So the regulator, in my opinion, rightly banned that practice. 
So that led us to a, a big decision in our business because we had these website sites built, but expanded slightly even further afield, then into, into Leeds, uh, Doncaster. So anywhere within kind of an hour or so drive. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, John, the phone started ringing a lot more because fewer people wanted to go into to, to banks. The banks couldn't service this demand. And we had a decision to make. Do we stick to the plan, which was to carry on working from home? We'd started making a profit by 2014. Or do we try and service some of this uh, additional demand? And, and what would surprise some of the listeners, John, is that uh, my job, whilst it's in financial services, does deal a lot with emotions. So you people buying homes, being rejected for a mortgage and need some assistance. So it was making me feel bad that I couldn't service these customers for two, three or four weeks because I was so busy. So we had a big decision here. Uh, what would we do next? Would we stick to the plan, stay working out of the garage or would I break my promise to all my, my mates and friends and family in 2009 um, and, and actually look to, to grow something to service this additional demand? And, and that's a quandary as for any business owner that starts to grow because we never know when that opportunity is going to rise, uh, but a rise, you know, it does. And yeah, it's it's decision time. What do we do? And some people choose to, to stay where they are. Some people choose to actually know the, the opportunities there. Let's see what we can do to take advantage of it. Except in this case, it wasn't taking advantage. It, it, it was taking advantage of the opportunity. Absolutely. Yes, it was. But there were lots of people then that realised that, that the banks couldn't service them. Hence the explosion in mortgage brokers. And, you know, do mortgage brokers provide a, a great service in, in, in the marketplace? The answer to that is absolutely yes, because you can't get this service at the traditional finance houses. So, so yeah, what happened with Moneyman after 2014? Well, um, and on, on that point, you know, it's gone, the market's gone from 50% of people using brokers to 80%. So, so, so what we did, um, we, um, we had a contact. Uh, contact uh, a chap called John Hassel and he was a, a business coach um, that also worked luckily for us in our specific sector um, so we had a chat with John and he, he, he said Malcolm what's the business model like and I said well you're looking at it I've, I've, I've been on the road all day I've spoken to eight customers and I've got another two to see on my way back and he said look Malcolm you're going to kill yourself I said I won't I love my job I love helping all these people but I also knew um, that we had a spark of an idea, something that we could grow. And, um, and, and John said, there's a, a scheme available. So this was the sign of the coalition government, the Tories and Lib Dems. And the scheme was called the Growth Accelerator. Okay. And um, we qualified for this, um, for this scheme. I think it was even European funds. So, um, and what we got was £5,000. And we could use that, and it was for businesses that were looking to grow. So what we did, we um, took that five grand, and we uh, engaged with John on a six-month program to build a, a model of how we can grow the business and try and service this demand. And I often look back on that, John, because I wonder if we hadn't had that £5,000 injection, whether we would have been brave enough to employ John for that six months because that was a that was a massive investment for us at the time, and I'm not sure we even had the money to, to be able to do it. So we took the plunge and we did it, and we, we built this model of, of kind of 
how we would grow, how many staff we would need, how many leads we would need to generate, and how much profit we would need to, to make. Uh, and we, we have John for a six-month period through, um, I think it's the first six months of 2015, we started to take staff on, and we still engage John once a month uh, to this day. Brilliant. Uh, and, and all the listeners will know that, you know, we head up our own business coaching practice here in North Lincolnshire. And, you know, our outlook is that clearly every business should have a coach. So thank you for that endorsement for what for what business coaches do. Um, but it was the right person in the right place at the right time, which then allowed you to grow. And I think it's fascinating that business brokers came on the back of regulatory change, which was done for the benefit of the consumer. And, you know, Malcolm and Moneyman were just in the right place at the right time also to be able to actually start to expand your business, which is which, which is fabulous. Well, people have asked me, John, why we have a business coach, because I'm very experienced in, in, in what I do. Uh, and, and Amy and I have... Um, we, we, I think what, what it is with a business coach, it stops you making bad mistakes sometimes. The... the, the um... Yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, and we go back to the Growth Accelerator Scheme that was put there. Absolutely the right reasons it was put in by the, the, by the UK government. And I know a lot of businesses reached out and actually took advantage of that. And it's great to hear that several years on, the person that helped you out at that time is still the person that's helping you to this day. Because um, I forget now how many people Money Man employs, but I'm sure you're about to tell the listeners how many people are working with you. Well, we've got we've got forty people now, sort of fifteen advisors. So you think of how much tax and national insurance and court tax um, that's generated um, over the last um, six years, uh, and I, I think that was a, a good return on the five thousand pound investment. Absolutely, a superb return on on that investment. And so, just jumping back to that, you know, now a company of forty staff, you must be immensely proud of that. Fifteen advisors, and from something that was pretty centric to you know North and South Bank here in Lincolnshire, you do cover the whole of the UK. But with that that amount of advisors, you know, we're not driving clearly to see everybody these days. Uh, so a lot of it must be done electronically. That uh, you know, the boom in electronic communication during the last 18, 19 months has been incredible, of course. Uh, but you must be you must you must reach every part of the UK, Mark. Yeah, so um so we had advisors plonked in the end in different parts of the country. So we had an advisor down in Nottingham, um a lady over in Liverpool, a chap in Manchester. So we had <laughs> people sort of scattered around. Um, but we lost a bit of control, John, when that was when that was happening. Um, so we uh so what we did in 2018 was we started a, a telephone advice service, probably against my better judgment, because I've always thought this was a face-to-face job. And um, so we took on two telephone advisors and I said, look, prove me wrong. Prove that this can be done over the phone because I'm not sure it can. And um, so uh, during uh, the end of 2018 and through 2019, we started to see um, more and more people be comfortable conducting their mortgages over the phone. So interestingly, uh, when we got to the end of 2019, just pre-pandemic, we'd gone from doing 0% of our transactions over the phone all the way up to 60%. Also, the majority of our customers were opting for this telephone service because it was um, quicker, much more uh, efficient for them. Um, And uh, they weren't having to, I guess, sort the house, get the kids ready, you know, they could do it at their own convenience. So again, a little bit of good fortune for us um, that when the coronavirus came around, we'd already made this um, switch from face-to-face to to -to 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 -to
advice? Pioneers. UK money man, first mortgages, first at pioneering what needs to do electronically. That's fantastic. And as you said earlier, it's an emotive subject, buying a house and being able to provide that service where people can secure the house stroke home they're really looking forward to or they really want must, must be an amazing feeling at times, Malcolm. Well, it is. And uh, just to um, hold the hand through the process as well, because things go wrong uh, and it's just having someone there at the end of the phone on the video call now that you can check in with and say, look, don't worry, we're going to help you through this. And of course, a fantastic feeling of satisfaction and the customer finally gets the keys, moves in, and leaves you a nice review online. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, as you know, Malcolm, at the, end of, at the end of every show, we always play a song, which is which is your choice. So for the listeners of Steel FM this morning, what, what song have you cho- chosen for everybody to listen to today? Um, all my friends would expect me to pick anything by the Smiths or Morrissey because um, I'm, I'm a big fan. But actually, um, I'm going to pick a song that was um, I was playing in my head a lot around that time, beginning of 2009, when we're just about to get going. And it's Brand New Start by Paul Weller. Brand New Start by Paul Weller. What a great choice.